legacy media in Canada cannot be trusted, and thankfully, Canadians are starting to pick up and clue into this fact. I'm Kenneth Malcolm. This is a Kenneth Malcolm show, and it's Friday, so it's Fake News Friday. We're doing it live this week, and I am joined by my producer and journalist here at True North, Harrison Faulkner. Harrison, welcome to the show. Hi, Candace. Thanks for having me once again. Well, you know, it's great to have you, and I know you and Andrew Lawton filled in last week. And this week is actually going to be my last episode of Fake News Friday for the summer and for probably much of the fall. As viewers know, I am about to have a baby. So I'm about to take a whole bunch of time away to be with my family and to be with the, the new little one. And, you know, the thing about having uh a baby when you have two other kids is that you end up having to spend a lot of time with the older kids to get them used to the fact that the family's changing. It's like a big, a big adjustment for absolutely everyone. So, so this will be my last show and we are going to have fake news Friday sort of spun off as a standalone show that will be hosted by Harrison Faulkner and Andrew Lawton. So really excited to see that, uh, continue on. I think that fake news Friday is, is too good to, uh, just stop running it. I mean, there's there's so much content all the time, and these journalists deserve to be called out for their recklessness, for their lies, for just the 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 the, the clear division that they push in our country. It's 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 horrible, and and they need accountability. You know, they they're there to hold the politicians accountable, but no one's holding them accountable. And so this is this is us doing our small part to uh, to try to do that. So looking forward to that. And, and Harrison, I, I'm really pumped about your new show. I, I just watched uh, the latest episode this morning. I was laughing because, boy, you, you cover some crazy stuff on there. But uh, why, don't, why don't you tell, tell the audience a little bit about the, uh, the new show and, and how it's going so far? Yeah. So for those that don't know, the name of the show is called Ratioed. And I've been reading some of your comments and some people don't know what Ratioed means. Basically, what it means is when a post on social media gets way more comments than it does like. So the comments to like ratio is way off. Um, and that's usually the telltale sign, Candace, when someone has really, really made a mistake on Twitter and they and really have stirred up a lot of a, a lot of people who are mocking them, making fun of them or or maybe getting angry at them. So there's a ton of bad takes on Twitter, as we all know, guys. And, and this is what the show is all about. We're trying to expose some of them, laugh at some of them and and really just trying trying to make some fun out of all the craziness we're going through. Uh, and yeah, last the last episode yesterday was quite quite incredible because of just how insane some of the videos were that we found that we had to cover. Um, you know, sometimes we have to cut the videos off short because they're just that bad, Candace, that we really can't keep it going for that much longer because, you know, we want to, we want to do right by the audience. We don't want to put them through, <laughs> through some of these horrible, horrible videos, but nonetheless, I think it's important that we, we make fun of them where we can and, and the show seems to be catching on. So uh, you can find ratioed on our YouTube and on our other social media platforms every Thursday and uh, yeah, it's really it's really been fun to to start it off, and looking forward to keep keeping keeping it going. Well, it's it's a great it's great content, and you know a lot of us can't really we don't have the stomach to to sit on uh, TikTok or go through all the latest happenings on on Twitter. You know, so much of the media now it's it's driven from Twitter. It's all just kind of insider stuff that's that's rolled up on Twitter, and you know it's it's really it's really a trying experience just to spend a lot of time on the site. So. So good for you to have have the patience to do that and pull out the 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 best of the worst every week as well. So encourage folks to to check out Ratio. It's going to uh, live. It's going to air every Thursday uh, for the summer and 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 beyond. So excited about that. We've got lots of other 
new podcasts and new shows coming out at True North. Uh, excited to announce. Uh, th- we have one that's almost almost ready to announce um, the launch of. And it's really exciting. We have Rupa Supermania doing her own show. Andrew Lawton's here. We have uh, Sue Ann Levy doing videos for us. Anthony Fury is back doing videos. So lots of content, lots uh, to, to keep you informed uh, throughout the summer while I am away with my family. And and Harrison, let's just get to it because we have a lot a lot to cover. I know you and, and Andrew Lawton uh, touched on this series of uh, polling results uh, last week, but I want, I want to get it to again. So uh, our friends over at Abacus Data, the, the sort of liberal, big L, partisan liberal shop uh, run by Bruce Anderson, who's a liberal insider, and David Coletto, who's a pollster, uh, they have the, a, new, a new series uh, of, of polls that they've done. And and basically, you know, so the fourth one came out this week, and here's the headline: it says millions of Canadians believe the U.S. election was stolen from Trump. And uh, basically, they they pulled 1,500 Canadians online, and uh, what they what they determined was that millions of Canadians must believe in this uh, in this in this idea that the election was stolen from Trump. Another 29% think it's possible, but aren't sure. And they classify this as just like a flat out conspiracy theory. Uh, they look at other at other uh, the questions they asked, uh, apparently one in five Canadians think it's definitely or probably true that 9-11 was an inside attack. Uh, 18% of Canadians say that, that the royal family uh, killed Princess Diana. Uh, so, 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 and, and then also they have out there climate change is a hoax. I, 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 first of all, the, the, the line of questioning that they have on these is, is so leading right in, in the world of journalism we call it leading like like you you could sit here and, and be very skeptical of the integrity of the US election system very very skeptical of all of the institutions that work together to change the rules to bury media stories to hide the Hunter Biden laptop story you can l- look at all of those things and say you know I'm going to draw the conclusion that the powers that be conspired to make sure that Trump wasn't elected um, and and that and that's different than someone who believes that say uh, you know that 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 the, the ballots were stolen or that there was something, some kind of a mass overlying conspiracy. So 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 the question is just kind of vague enough that you could get people answering yes without necessarily being a conspiracy theorist, right? I think there's a room for disagreement even amongst conservative cir- circles over the extent to which the the last election in the U.S. was fair. Um, but here they are, you know, throwing it right out there, saying that. That millions of Canadians believe in these in these conspiracy theories, and and you know, and and then, and then the, the other thing they do is they layer it in, so they they match up how many of these people also vote for conservatives, and, and trying to say like, if you if you're a Pierre Polyev supporter, you're way more likely um, to believe in these in these outlandish conspiracy theories. Trying again to sort of undermine Pierre Polyev, undermine the kind of people who might support him and vote for him. And, and and to me, to me, I just—it's so frustrating. It's it's so you know this is the fourth week in a row that we have one of these the same exact conclusion. This idea, I mean, come on, even even the idea that one in five Canadians is what a nine eleven truther. I, I have to say, nine eleven truthers that I've spoken to and, and and talked to, they're usually not conservatives. They're usually on the left, and they are very you know anti-Israel or anti-George W. Bush. So, so, so it doesn't even make sense. And, they, and of course, they don't show how many of these overlap with liberal voters or NDP voters or green voters who are probably the biggest conspiracy theorists of all. This is just, this is just hackery uh, masquerading as, as journalism or as neutral pol- polling. What do you think, Harrison? Well, you're, well, Candace, it's exactly that, which is just designed to pin Canadians against each other. It's designed for the liberals to use as a way to demonize conservatives and to especially demonize 
Pierre Polyev, who is seeming to run away with the conservative leadership race. Of course, they tie it into who would vote for Pierre Polyev. They, of course, don't show who would vote for the liberals or who would vote for the Greens. It's always intended that way. And, and the problem is, Candace, is when Abacus Data releases these polls, journalists who should know better, who, can, who should be able to see through this stuff, in journalism school, they teach us all about polls and methodology and how it works and how it represents, how it's supposed to represent a population. We see these articles popping up in the National Post throughout this series of Abacus Data polls. The Canadian press will pick it up and then, of course, when it gets put in the Canadian press, as we've talked about week after week, I find on the show, it ends up getting syndicated across the country. So they're using these polls to attack Canadians. It's Canada bashing. That's what I said last week. And I hold I, I hold that when I when I read these these again, this is just a way to pin Canadians against, against each other. It's a way to make Canadians or convince them that they are conspiracy theorists or, or try and try and, and basically, yeah, convince them that they are not, you know, they're not part of the majority or, or that, or that some grand large number of Canadians are, are conspiracy theorists. It's, it's disgusting stuff. It's, it's really the lowest of the low and, and there's no public interest behind this polling. This is all designed to prop up and benefit liberals at the expense of everyday Canadians who frankly, and, and quite, quite likely, I'm not exactly sure. They don't make it clear, but quite likely are not even polled correctly. How many times have we seen polling companies like this fail to actually poll accurately, fail to poll real hardworking average Canadians? They end up finding the they find that they find urban centers or they find those that are that don't really represent the population. That I think is what we're looking at here. And it's disappointing that journalists aren't aren't seeing through it and, and knowing better. Well, I, I think it's like one step even more devious and evil. Harrison, because it's like Bruce Anderson and David Coletta, look, we all know this is a liberal pollster shop. Bruce Anderson is a sort of former journalist, used to be the host of the At Issue panel, or sorry, a panelist of the At Issue panel on CBC, the sort of like flagship, obnoxious, um, you know, Andrew Coyne, Althea Raj, uh, Chantelle Bear, and it used to be Bruce Anderson up there as well with Rosemary Barton. And then he, he, he stepped back because his stepdaughter, was sort of one one of Justin Trudeau's like inside most trusted employees. So so this is Kate Purchase, who is um, you know this McLean's article here. Meet the woman who crafts Justin Trudeau's image. Uh, communication director in Justin Trudeau's PMO, Kate Purchase's job is to make her boss look good. And this was back in 2018. She's no longer in this role, but but still the 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 point remains that the. Trudeau liberals are closely aligned with this polling shop. And so the idea that they are creating this news, like this, this is news that's just been created out of thin air. They're like, hey, let's go poll Canadians and find out how dangerous their views are and how extreme they are and how racist they are and how crazy are. It's, it's all pre-positioning so the Trudeau government can come up with their position saying, hey guys, we need to internet uh, we need to regulate the internet. If we don't regulate the internet, uh, look at how much more divided our society will be. Look at all these crazy people. There's just going to become more craziness, more instability. And it's it's all working in lockstep with Trudeau to uh, further his policy agenda. But, but I think what they're doing is really, really dangerous because what they're also doing, Harrison, is telling Canadians not to trust their neighbor, not to trust their fellow compatriots saying, you, you know, that that person that you, you think you're friends with, a work, co-worker or someone that you see at the coffee shop every day or, some, you know, your, fr your kid's uh, parent, your kid's friend's parent, um, 
these people are probably racist. They probably have a conspiracy laden worldview. They probably believe that the election was stolen for Donald Trump. They probably support Donald Trump. We saw this This is a story that came out last week from the same pollsters, the same series. Legacy media claims uh, 40%. So, so, sorry, the National Post headline says millions of Canadians believe in a white replacement theory. Millions of Canadians. See, the same, same polling company there, Abacus Data. And again, they surveyed 1,500 people online and they extrapolate from that that millions of Canadians must be racist, must be racist. And uh, the, the, the way that they got that theory, I know you talked about this last week with Andrew Lawton, yeah. um, but the, the question was that one third of Canadians believe in the so-called white replacement theory that 37% of respondents representing 11 million Canadians agreed with this statement. This was the statement that they were asked whether they not agreed with or not. There is a group of people in this country who are trying to replace native-born Canadians with immigrants who agree with their political views. Okay, so so the first part of that question, there are a group of people in this country who are trying to replace native-born Canadians. I mean, th- that, that, that would just be like the immigration department, right? Like, like the, the group of people is the politicians, the liberals who are in power, who have drastically increased our immigration levels, um, trying to replace native-born Canadians with immigrants who agree with their political views. I mean, that, that's, that, again, up, up for interpretation. The part of the statement that, that it doesn't make sense with the headline, Harrison, is that it doesn't say anything about skin color, right? That the, the question doesn't include the word white or make any mention of a person's ethnicity or skin color, but then they sort of editorialize and extrapolate to mean that they must agree with a white replacement theory, which is the racist ideology um, that the Buffalo shooter used or subscribed to or, or pushed when he did his massacre. So, 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 so they're taking a statement that is sort of vaguely worded, that, that has some truth to it, that many Canadians would relate to. And then they're saying, if you agree with this statement, then you must agree with this white terrorist. Like it's it, it's such a jump, and it's so dishonest. And again, all it does is turn Canadians against each other. Because really, you're walking down the street, you think, "Wow, you know, one in three Canadians is a crazy racist who supports white terrorism." Essentially, that's what that's what they're saying. I mean, it's so wild. It's so irresponsible. The the, the extent that they will go to win an election, to allow Justin Trudeau to push forth his agenda. Like the fact that people in the media are going along with this, that this is being quoted, that this is being pushed. Harrison, I find it, I I just find it like disappointing on on so many levels, but also truly, truly dangerous, uh, really, really bad stuff here. What's your thought? What are your thoughts? Completely. And the the headline from the National Post is, is disgusting. There's no other way to describe it, really. It's, it's Canada bashing, as I said, and the headline should read, it should read, millions of Canadians were tricked into agreeing to a question designed to convince other Canadians that they are racist. That's what it really should read, right, Candace? But of course, this was all cooked up from the start. We're going to trick Canadians. We're going we're gonna to make sure that we get the result we need. We're going to make sure we get the headline we need. And everyone's going to come to our polling company and look at our, look at our data. It's, it's, it's horrible. And journalists should know better. Journalists should know better. The headline is not should not read millions of Canadians. It should be. It should. If they should when you make such an, an accusation like that, it should basically make it clear that it was it was 500 people who responded to a 1,500 person survey. That is not. You cannot tell me that that is representative of the country. And when you do that, it's just. It's just. You're you're engineering a, a result. You're 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 creating a a, a synthetic result. That is designed to convince people, like you said, Candace, that your neighbor is a racist, that your neighbor is a conspiracy theorist. It's horrible stuff. And journalists should know better. But we know now 
that the the quality we we expect of our journalists is wrong. We should we should basically be expecting you know first year level university age uh, writing, not not professional, legitimate and and respectful journalism. That's just not what we're going to get from these guys. Well, yeah, like I, w- I would see that question and say, okay, a third of Canadians don't agree with our immigration levels or a third of the Canadians are mistrustful of Justin Trudeau when it comes to his agenda behind immigration. Uh, like I, I wouldn't like, you know, try to layer on some some commentary about race and ethnicity when that was not in the question. It's yeah. it's crazy. And, you know, the, the, the whole series, again, not to belabor it, but it, it it's designed to point out that Canadians don't really trust our institutions. I know there was other stories about how uh, trust in media is at an all-time low, that Canadians don't trust the institutions. And rather than these elitists and these experts who run these institutions, who, who, who see themselves as sort of the gatekeepers of these institutions, rather than taking pause, Harrison, and saying, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing wrong? What are we doing that is turning Canadians against us and making Canadians not trust the institutions that they used to trust. Instead, they sort of hold a mirror back up and say, this is the public's fault. Like, we blame the public. And I mean, you, you can see this. Uh, Daryl Butts, who used to be Justin Trudeau's sort of inside man, and he he was thrown under the bus over the whole We Charity scandal. Uh, was it the We Charity or was it the SNC level? I can't keep track. I think it was SNC. No, sorry, it was the Jody Wilson. There's so many scandals, Harrison. Yeah, can't, can't keep, keep track. He, he, was, he was thrown under the bus uh, after one of the big scandals and uh but he's still he's still around and he's still doing dirty work for justin trudeau and he he put out on twitter something that was kind of deranged he, he tried to blame true north our organization for the lack of trust in the media so so he writes uh this thread goes a long way towards explaining why trust in the media has fallen so precipitously in canada especially on the right great research hashtag fake news so that's kind of funny calling us fake news and we're pointing it out on Fake News Friday. Uh, no, Daryl Butts. Uh, well, first of all, I, I don't understand your point as to how True North existing and providing an alternative perspective on things and providing a news organization uh, that, that provides fact-based journalism but also has a conservative editorial position, uh, how, how that would undermine Canadians' trust of the legacy media. Like, we exist because of that. We exist because Canadians don't trust the legacy media. They're looking for other alternatives, and True North is here. We're funded entirely by people who support our work and our journalism. We're funded entirely by Canadians. I don't think we have any donors from outside of Canada. It's all Canadian people funding our work. And somehow... That is a sign of explaining why trust in the media is gone. Like he's got, he's got it completely backwards, right? It's like we're, we're not the ones that are undermining trust in the media. You guys are doing that all on your own, right? We're just here pointing it out, shining a light back on you. And Canadians are coming to us instead because they want a different perspective. They want more truth in the media. They don't, they don't think that the media is telling truth. And then Joe Bus gives a link to this crazy, crazy leftist activist. First of all, this, this crazy activist put out this Twitter thread about it. It's totally unhinged. It's it's not even accurate at all about True North. It's not even our logo. Um, you know, this is an anonymous bot troll who can barely write a coherent thought together on Twitter. She has this long deranged Twitter thread that's totally factually incorrect. And it's from like over a year ago. I don't know why Gerald Butts is searching Twitter feeds from over a year ago, trying to like exposed true north for something that's like not even true at all <laughs> an anonymous bot like and and then he's calling that great research like he's he's way down in the dumpster of like <laughs> like 
you know, quoting anonymous trolls and bots and saying this is great research, hashtag fake news. Like, Gerald Buss is so out of touch, so out of control. The fact that this guy has power, the fact that this guy advises a prime minister, man, that tells us so much about why Canada is heading in the direction it's heading. Well, Gerald Butts is the puppeteer. He's pulling, or he was pulling the strings inside these institutions that Canadians no longer trust. And, you know, to find that Twitter thread, like you said, a deranged Twitter thread in which he gets, doesn't really know how to compose tweets and, and ha- makes weird hashtags and all that, he must have searched up True North because how else would you have found that? It's 13, 14 months old. Uh, it's just very bizarre, Candace. And, you know, this idea that True North is part of, is pushing fake news. Well, I just want to, I just want to ask people watching this show. You won't see our editor panicking, writing letters to MPs and, and writing edi- writing editorials saying, we didn't, we didn't retract our stories in the convoy or we stand by reporting. You won't see that. You won't see MPs openly say that our reporting during the trucker convoy was false because we didn't do that. The CBC did. They had to admit it. They're the ones backtracking. They're the ones that are always panicking, having to retract stories. So the proof is in the pudding, Candace. We're not the ones that are misleading Canadians. Like you said, we're giving Canadians the other side of the story, desperately needed other side of the story, because you've got people like Gerald Butts and the editor-in-chief of the CBC who refuse to take any blame, refuse to take any responsibility for the fact that Canadians can see through everything they do now. Canadians know exactly that they... They have a reason why not to trust people like Gerald Butts and, and the CBC and our other institutions is because they've proven time and time again, Candace, that they're willing to go to any depth to back up their friends in government. They're willing to go any they're willing to go as deep as they as they can to make sure they shine a good light on Justin Trudeau at the expense of Canadians. It, it's brutal. But just look, look at look at what our reporting shows. Look at how we react to our own reporting and look at how the CBC right now is panicking about how they're reporting misled Canadians. It's it's quite obvious. It's for everyone to look at. Yeah, I mean, they, they do it to themselves, right? And it's like, oh, no, we didn't retract the story. We just changed everything about it and didn't tell you. And then when we got caught, we told you. Like It's like, okay, yeah. there's a distinction without a difference. Uh, you know, th- th- you're right. The, the proof is in the pudding because even if you just look at our numbers, like we're, we're, we're pretty modest, right? We, we don't have like a huge, we don't have a $1.2 billion in subsidies from, from the Trudeau government. We don't have must carry um, rules with the CRTC where we're broadcasted across the airways. We don't have all those inherent advantages. We have a small yeah. team and we're, you know we run it that way uh we, we work out of our home studios or uh, you know out of out of your bedroom or, or your your brother-in-law's bedroom or something wherever you are harrison but yeah. i mean you know we don't have a fancy studio like they do and yet you know when you look at the twitter engagement that we have social media engagement the amount of times our videos are shared and viewed on facebook and youtube and instagram like pe- people are interested in what we're saying and so gerald butts can sit there and retweet deranged 18 month old or 16 month old threads about some crazy lady accusing us of using dark money and fossil fuel interests or whatever she's saying. Uh, but, but, but the reality is that is not the reason why Canadians don't trust the institutions. That is not the reason people aren't tuning into the CBC anymore. That is not the reason. Uh, the, the reason that Canadians are no longer trusting the institutions, including the the media, which used to be trusted, uh, you know, the, the the thing that kept us all together in Canada, uh, the reason that Canadians are are turning away and not trusting them is because of their own work and the things that they're doing and the way that they're discrediting themselves over and over again. Harrison, I I want to show this clip. I, I I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan, as as uh, folks and the viewers probably know. 
Uh, he, he did this incredible lecture over at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. He was a guest on a podcast called Uncommon Knowledge, which is really excellent. I recommend if you have an extra hour this weekend and you're looking for some, you know, some, some things to contemplate and some, some deep thinking, um, go find this video because it is it's just filled with gems from Jordan Peterson. I feel like he's back and stronger than ever. And uh, one of the things that's really interesting is that he talks about this, this very same phenomenon um, that we that we were talking on. He, he, he filmed this, I think, at the end of at the end of April there in 2022. And I want to play uh, the first clip here is Jordan Peterson talking to the host. I can't remember the host name, Harrison. I think you might know. Peter Robinson, I think, is, is his name. Yeah, right. former former Reagan staff writer. He's he's brilliant. You said the, the show Uncommon Knowledge is great. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Hoover Institution. It's like one of the the the, the few uh, glimmers of light in in a very dark uh, academic setting in the United States. But but there at, at Stanford University, which is a pretty left wing school on campus, um, they host this this organization called the Hoover Institution. They do great work and really really strong thinking there. But anyway, so Jordan Jordan Peterson here, he's I sort of asked like you know when you look at the trucker convoy. Um, you see, it seems like there's two totally uh, differing perspectives on what actually happened there. And so you can see how the host, how the interviewer uh, sets it up, kind of juxtaposing what Jordan Peterson says versus what Justin Trudeau says. And, and you can see Jordan Peterson's reaction here. So let's, let's play that clip right now. February protest by Canadian truckers. Hmm. They're protesting COVID restrictions. Some of them block border crossings. Some of them snarl the capital city of Ottawa. A quotation, then a video clip. Here's the quotation. You, in a message you taped for the protesters, I'd like to commend all of you for your diligence and work on accomplishing what you have under trying conditions and also for keeping your heads in a way that's been a model for the entire world. Close quote. Now the clip. It has to stop. The people of Ottawa don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner or a Confederate flag or the insults and jeers just because they're wearing a mask. That's not who Canada, who Canadians are. All right, so here's wow. the... Here's I can hardly even look at him. Here's, here's the first question. How can discourse in a great democracy have become so polarized that Jordan Peterson and the Prime Minister look at exactly the same set of events and come to opposite conclusions about them? Well, he's lying. And I'm not. So that's a big part of the that's a big part of the issue. I don't believe that he ever says a word that's true from what I've been able to observe. It's all stage acting. He's crafted a persona. He has a particular instrumental goal in mind and everything is subordinated to serve that. Why? So, What's the motivation? Uh, the same motivation that generally, that's generally typical of people who are narcissistic, which is to uh, be accredited with moral virtue in the absence of the work necessary to actually attain it. All right. From, He's playing a role. From... Jordan Peterson just 
perfectly describes like like ev- everything about his reaction uh, to Justin Trudeau. But but it was so interesting just to see the two sort of juxtapositions where you had Jordan Peterson congratulating the truckers for keeping their head, for behaving, for not letting anything like a January sixth scenario happen, right? And and then and then at the same time, it's like Justin Trudeau just pretended that 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 had happened, and that somehow it was inherently violent, and that you know the one guy that was probably staged that had the the flag uh that somehow that was inherently violent or or that there was cheering against people wearing masks right it's like you, you know that you know that the opposite of that has ha- has happened like routinely for the last two years that if you're not wearing a mask you get jeered and you get yelled at and you get shamed and all that stuff so yeah. it's it, it, the, the 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 premise is really interesting that that these two events were seen so differently interpreted so differently by these two leading canadians and then i think i think jordan peterson just said it so perfectly there that you just just was lying that's as, it's as simple as that he's a narcissist it's all for the pursuit of power and ego and i think so many people i see in the comments section every time we play a video of trudeau and i i feel that too i have a visceral reaction to the guy but yeah. hearing him talk the way he talks the way he talks down the way he's acting and over over pronouncing words and the it's, it's just it's just it's just the most irritating thing what do you think harrison well, he, he is, Jordan Peterson is exactly right. You know, Justin Trudeau, and I think Justin Trudeau knows that his line of, his line of attack on the convoy wasn't accurate, but he doesn't care because it's all about dividing people. This is divided families. This is divided communities. You know, inside certain families, people will see this trucker convoy as this great national unifying moment. That's the way I see it. A truly special thing that I got to live through and I got to witness with my own eyes. But members of my own family see it totally differently. And I think that whole divide and conquer strategy is, is real. And it is used by people like Justin Trudeau, by these, by these leaders with horrible intentions who are just trying to push their own agenda. And, and you know, whatever, whatever happens because of that, it doesn't matter. You know, the ends, the ends justify the means to someone like Justin Trudeau. He knows he's dividing Canadians. He knows he's telling lies. He's not telling the truth about the convoy, the swastikas, the Confederate flags. It's, it's, it's the worst kind of, it's the worst stuff you can imagine. And he knows that's not Canadian. That's not what we do in Canada. Everyone knows that. It doesn't matter for people like Trudeau. They're just going to divide us and they're going to do it because they want to push their agenda. And, and, and whatever happens because of that, they don't care. As long as they achieve their own agenda, it doesn't matter what it, what it costs Canadians. It's just, it's just horrible. You're right. And as it goes back to the same theme as the abacus data polling. It's like they're deliberately dividing Canadians, putting words into their mouth, making it seem like they're horrible, saying things that they didn't. And they're doing it to divide a country. Justin was a leader of this country. He was elected prime minister. And the things that he does to our country are just shameful. Well, I, I want to play one more clip from this uh, Peterson uh, lecture because I, I just think it's, it's so spectacular. He hits the nail right on the head when we're talking about losing trust in our institutions, the fact that Canadians no longer ha- have the same levels of trust, particularly in the media and government, but but it, it's across the board in all institutions. And I think Peterson does a better job than just about anyone I've heard on this subject, explaining why, right? The, the media are more than happy to sit here and say, you people, you Canadians, uh, you're destroying our country because you don't trust us anymore. And it's like, that's not the problem, right? Uh, so so let, let, let's play the, the clip of Jordan Peterson on institutions here. So, and then Canadians, why do Canadians buy this to the degree they do? And I think 
they're faced with a hard choice because in my country for 150 years you could trust the basic institutions you could trust the government didn't matter what political party was running it you could trust the political parties right from the socialists over to the conservatives the socialists were mostly union types and they were trying to give the working class a voice and honestly so um, you could trust the the media even the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation was a reliable source of news you none of that's true now and so Canadians are asked to make a hard choice or were in the truckers convoy uh, situation and the choice was well either all your institutions are almost irretrievably corrupt or the truckers were financed by like right-wing Republican Americans well both of those are preposterous you might as well take the one that's least disruptive to your entire sense of security and so I think that's what Canadians did mostly it's interesting that he says so 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 he's talking about this weird what I would call a real conspiracy theory right though the media pushes idea that the trucker convoy was not an organic homegrown protest movement for Canadians who are sick and tired of Justin Trudeau and these mandates just wanted their life back. Um, that, 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 that couldn't be possible, and therefore there must be some shadowy figure behind the scenes. They, they said that it was Republicans in the U.S. who were trying to subvert our democracy, which is such a preposterous idea, right? It's like, why would they do that? Who? Like, like name one person, right? It's like, name, name the person who's supposedly the one orchestrating this conspiracy. And like they can't, right? And so, so the host is like, why, why do Canadians believe in this? And it's like, you know, it's, it's easier to imagine that than, than that every, everything about our society has been corrupted, that you can't trust a word the prime minister says, that the media is constantly lying to you. Like, like that, that's kind of like cognitive dissidence for Canadians. Canadians are, you know, trusting, law-abiding, ordered people, very rule-abiding people. Yeah. And you know, the idea that, that that all of our institutions will be corrupted is, is, is too much, I think, for many to take, which is why I think so many do continue to go along with the legacy media and legacy narrative. <laughs> you know, Peterson says that, that that these institutions are irretrievably corrupt, uh, which is, I completely agree with that sentiment. Um, but one, one thing that David Coletto and Bruce Anderson, I think, accidentally revealed is that this, is, this isn't like a black and white case. More and more Canadians are coming around to the idea that, no, no, it's not the institutions you can trust. The institutions have turned on you. They're irretrievably corrupt. And, and that's the problem. And that's why so many people, I think, again, were willing to go to such great length to protest. They were willing to put up with the unbelievable smears against them from our prime minister and from the media. And why so many of us you know, are, are looking to alternative media and looking to alternative sources of facts because the stuff that you're hearing from the, the government and, and, the, and the legacy media, you just... Absolutely, absolutely cannot, cannot trust it. Uh, here's, let's move on. This is a pretty amusing yeah. story. Uh, why, 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 don't you tell, why don't you tell us about these panic buttons for MPs here? So we got news, I think it was, yeah, it was a couple days ago. And the, what is it, the, the National Observer or Canadian Press, it might have been, they wrote a story about how MPs are now receiving panic buttons, which they're allowed to, they're, they're supposed to hold on to and they can press if they're if they feel they're in danger now this is supposedly because candace they're receiving mean tweets and and death threats online from anonymous users or or things like that and and of course this is coming from marco mendicino a canadian who i think most people 
uh, quite detest at the moment because he's been caught lying and he's been used by Justin Trudeau to push the emergencies order and the emergencies act. And so now because he's receiving lots of mean tweets and lots of comments on social media, he has ordered a bunch of panic buttons for MPs to hold on to when they go outside. I mean, I can't really think of anything more emasculating uh, for a, 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 a politician who's supposed to represent the people holding a panic button whenever a constituent might come up to them and air some grievances, Candace. It's really, really embarrassing stuff. And, you know, I put this out on Twitter because when I, when I read this story, the first thing I thought about was the fact that the honor in being a politician, the honor in representing Canadians has completely gone. There used to be this idea that if you were if you were called a liar or if someone did something dishonorable as a politician, not only would you take serious issue with it, not only would that person be expected to resign, but as I mentioned here, in 1849, John A. Macdonald challenged a, an opposition politician to a duel. So they put their life on the line to defend their honor and to defend the defend basically the, the institution of the House of Commons. Where has that honor gone? Imagine being a politician now holding a panic button in the same house where where politicians used to have real honor. They used to actually take the job seriously and they used to put their life on the line because they believed in what they were doing. I think this is just a symptom, Candace, of of, of how far our politics has fallen. And I, I followed that up, that tweet up with but this, you know, how, what year was it? 2012, 2011 or wherever, when a terrorist stormed the House of Par the House of Commons armed with a gun after killing a soldier in broad daylight. You didn't, and MPs had to basically shelter in place in the House of Commons because a terrorist was on the loose inside the House of Commons. There was not a single MP who had the, who had really the, the audacity to call for a panic button. They just got on with the job. They did the job that Canadians asked them to do, and they weren't crying and whining about mean tweets. It's, we, we've fallen so far, I can't imagine being a liberal MP and holding one of these lame panic buttons. Like I said on Twitter, I can't imagine being such a loser. Well, it's, it's unbelievable, Harrison, because, okay, part, part, part of the reason that Mark Men Marco Mendicino is getting all the flack is because he admitted that he hadn't told the truth about the Emergencies Act. And Canadians were rightfully angry about that. There was some rightful indignation. Again, an honorable politician would have resigned after misleading and, and not telling the truth about something so important as suspending our civil liberties and sort of misleading the public as to who advised and, and when and why. Uh, the, the other reason why there's been so much pushback against the minister, Medicino, is because they used the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas to try to ban guns, right? Okay, so, 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 so let's just point out a little bit of irony right here, right? You have the public safety minister saying that he needs a, a, a panic button, what? To call an armed police officer to come and protect him, so, so, or, 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 or an armed private security guard to protect him. So when he presses a button, a person with a gun shows up to protect him. And yet he is trying to take away the guns of Canadians. So, so are these people pro-gun or anti-gun? I would love to know that. I would love to know if Justin Trudeau's private security detail continues to hold handguns because I presume that they do. And so in other words, he's worthy of protecting. His family's worthy of protecting. Uh, but, but Canadians, you know, you can't protect your own family. And then, and then to the broader point, uh, you know, I, re I do remember in 20, I think it was 2015, Harrison, when right. a deranged ISIS terrorist burst through the front doors of parliament after murdering a uh, unarmed soldier standing ceremoniously on guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, a monument for the war dead in our country. The terrorist shot this individual, Nathan, Th Nathan, Nathan Cirilla, 
in the back. He shouted for Iraq. And then he ran into Parliament and tried to kill the Prime Minister. Uh, he didn't know where to go. So fortunately, thank thank the Lord, he didn't have success. He was murdered. He was killed uh, by the Sergeant of Arms. But there was a terrorist who breached our Parliament not too long ago, Harrison. We're talking six, seven years ago, right? Yeah. And at the time, uh, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, his security detail, uh, pushed him into safety, into a closet. And the right, uh, the left and the, the media and liberal politicians mocked him and made fun of him and said he was a coward because he was in a closet. Uh, he, he didn't walk into a closet on his own. He was pushed in there for his own safety. And there was an armed terrorist who had already murdered someone on the premise, right? So, so, so obviously, you know, we're talking about a lot of hypocrisy here, and and, and the liberals were the ones that were leading that that that, uh, <laughs> that line of attack, saying that that the conservatives were somehow cowards because they were hiding from an armed terrorist in the building. Right? The prime minister doesn't hold a gun; he doesn't carry a gun; he can't protect himself. So obviously, his security uh, was there to help him. But the the idea that somehow that made him a coward. Uh, was a little weak. But again, I think this just goes to a broader theme of the show, Harrison. The whole point of the story, the whole point of the media covering this and making it seem like somehow these politicians are now facing some kind of a unique threat. It's, it's uniquely dangerous time for these liberal politicians, these poor, precious babies. We've infantilized these politicians. Uh, is because of the dangerous right wing, right? The dangerous truckers and the, and the white supremacists and the violent rhetoric that we're hearing and you know you 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 hear it they're they're drumming up this sort of like i don't even know how to describe it it's like they're trying to paint half the country as like insurrectionists and as yeah. terrorists and as the enemy it's it, it's so it's so it's it's so remarkably dangerous what they're doing and it's so it's so blatantly obvious too it's like you know, they're trying to pit you against your neighbor. They're trying to pit the country against each other and we're letting them. And the media is giving this whole nonsense a megaphone. Like, True North, you know, we cover the story just insofar as to mock these idiots. But, you know, as, as, as a legacy media journalist, you know, to take this seriously, to say like, oh, these liberals, they're... They're they're just so precious, and and this has never happened before. There's never been there's never been threats against politicians. There's never been death threats. Uh, give, give me a break, right? That's that's not true. But you can you can just feel how the media and the liberals are working in lockstep to basically divide the country and turn us against each other and make us all believe um, that you know the the internet is radicalizing people. That there's this dangerous right wing white nationalist like sector militia in the country that's just gonna what like start start killing liberal politicians like okay well, that's a pretty yeah. deranged worldview they tried to convince me. canadians that they were going to overthrow the government candace and i mean you know imagine if justin trudeau was the prime minister when that terrorist attack took place on parliament hill trudeau would have shut the country down for a month and he would have been in tofino or at his cottage you know hiding for about the rest of the year you know you talk about you talk about the guns issue right I mean, the, the, the government tried to convince us that there were guns in Ottawa. And in response, Justin Trudeau ran away to his cottage to hide. And he sent snipers on the rooftops of Ottawa to point their rifles at the protesters. You know, th this this idea that that these MPs are are facing, as you said, some unique threat is a complete it, it's it's throwing gas in the fire. It is designed to rile people up. It is designed to create some sort of situation. I, I believe that. And and call me crazy. But. There's no other reason why you would try and convince Canadians that these MPs are facing some horrible threat from mean tweets. 
that they need to carry panic buttons around with them. It, it's it's ridiculous. Give me a break. <laughs> it, it's really it's really quite silly. Yeah. Uh, the idea of it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, something you would give to your like aging grandfather, like, uh, you know, in case they fall and you press a button to get the ambulance there. It's not something that, uh, you know, a <laughs> cognitive adult human uh, really, really needs. You, know, you got a phone, right? It's like if someone's yeah. threatening you or following you or stalking, you just call the police or presumably, you know, these MPs and these ministers have, have their own protection. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's so silly. And again, the fact that the media take it seriously is just telling. All right, here's, let's, let's cover the last story here. We know the legacy media gets truly triggered by the Canadian flag. Uh, well, there is an effort this year for Dominion Day or Canada Day, which happens a week today, uh, to take back the flag. So apparently the, the right tried to steal the flag from the left, uh, in, in part because they wanted to cancel Canada Day last year, if you recall. They wanted to cancel Canada Day. They wanted to tear down all the statues of Sir John A. They said cancel Canada Day. They were so, uh, you know, they, they, they played up the whole narrative around uh, the, the residential schools. They didn't even want to be Canadian anymore. So conservatives kind of stepped in and said, well, we, we still like our country. We like Canada. And you saw a bit more patriotism on the political right. Uh, now the left is trying to take back the flag. So um, why, don't, why don't you tell us about this individual in this video that he put out? So what we've got here is a guy, I believe, who goes by the name of Stuart Reynolds. He calls himself a comedian. I don't think he fits the bill of a comedian, which is supposed to make us laugh, Candace. But nonetheless, he considers himself to be a comedian. And he put out this, this video with the intention of making us laugh. And really, it's just quite embarrassing and cringy. Uh, and he's trying to, I guess, start the initiative of the left to take back the Canadian flag. As you said, let's watch this clip and then we can we can... We can pretend or try to laugh at this horrible video, but let, let's let's watch this clip. Do you want to fly the Canadian flag, but don't want people to think that you're a hot tub in the streets and a freak in the tweets? Don't worry. Now, there's a solution. Just fly the flag. Canada doesn't get everything right, but we're trying. The Venn diagram of being Canadian and dumb by choice does have some overlap, but thankfully, it's not just two circles on top of each other. So if you want to find the maple leaf, go right ahead. We know you're not a jerk, eh? So I just will say this. There's nothing more obvious than a fake A in a video. You cannot fake that. You can't, you can't pretend to say A because it's so obvious that you're just, you're just trying really hard. And it's just a really sad attempt, Candace, at trying to, I guess, kickstart this, this retaking over of the Canadian flag. I don't. I think that's why most people don't laugh at leftists. They're just. It's impossible for them to be funny. Well, it's usually just them just hitting you over the head with their political view, as as you pointed out on ratio a few times. That yeah. you know, comedy on the left is basically just them telling you their pronouns and demanding that you adhere to their <laughs> worldview. But uh, th this this was like had all the hallmarks of like cheesy. Canadiana, like a 1990s beer commercial or something like that. I, I, don't, I didn't really get the punchline, but uh, look, I, I, I think Canada Day or Dominion Day, as I like to call it, should be an apolitical holiday. We should all put our political differences aside and try to find some unity in our country and our great country, celebrate the important things that, that we've done and the contributions and not dwell on the, on the sort of political differences that we've had here. I guess it sort of does that, although he, he takes so many hits at people who he disagrees with, who he calls dumb by choice. So I, I, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's better than them canceling Canada Day, but I don't know how much better. Uh, of course, 
<laughs> the uh, yeah. CBC didn't like this video either. Uh, one of their reporters over in London uh, tweeted the video and just kind of reiterated the whole leftist nonsense about how flying the Canadian flag is complicated. The convoy protests use the flag. And, and because of that, you know, the, the, fl the flag is problematic and racist and all, all the same nonsense that we've been hearing over and over again for uh, the, the last year or so, Harrison. So, so they really can't help it. Even even when you have someone on the left trying to say, let's let's take the flag back and let's all be patriotic, uh, you still have the annoying host of CBC London's morning show, you know, lecturing us about historical systemic racism or whatever, and uh, how how you know we just can't we just can't celebrate Canada because some bad things happened a couple hundred years ago or 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 something like that, and therefore we should all just feel guilty forever and, and be punished for the sins of our, of our grandparents or, or not, or not even our grandparents. If, if we are the children of immigrants, people who chose to come to this country, like they, they, they can't get past their collectivized uh, guilt and identity politics. They're just obsessed with. So no surprise that it's back again yeah. for Canada Day this year. Yeah. And you know what? I think the best thing you can do to really get under the skin of Justin Trudeau, Candace, and people like this CBC journalist is to be unifying behind the flag. Be proud of Canada and hug your neighbor, regardless of their politics. That's what they don't want you to do. That's what Trudeau doesn't want you to do. Instead, he wants to politicize Canada Day. And I think the best thing we can all do is be proud of our country, put our politics aside and just for, you know, take a day to be be happy to be in one of the one of I still believe to be one of the greatest countries on earth. And, and that I think is the best way to stick it to people like Justin Trudeau and those that want to try and divide us with the CBC. Well, I think that's a great message to, to end the show on. I think, I think there's still so much to be proud of here. Again, if nothing else, you know, we, we, we produced Jordan Peterson, who is one of the uh, leading intellectuals in the world and he's helping make sense of everything. And I think, you know, the fact that there are still so many people out there fighting for our political traditions, fighting for our rights, fighting for, you know, the, 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 trying to restore our institutions instead of just blindly trusting them, saying, no, it's not that we are trying to undermine the institutions. It's that we want to make them better. We want to make them stronger and we want to restore them. And I think I think you're right that Canadians need to unite. Uh, what better way to do it uh, than over a, a Canada Day barbecue uh, with your neighbors, with your friends? And uh, that's, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, leave it at that. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much, Harrison, for joining me. And again, for those who tune in late, this is my last episode of Fake News Friday, last episode of the Candace Malcolm Show. Uh, for the time being, I'm about to head off on maternity leave, having another baby. Baby number three is coming very soon. So I'll be offline for a while. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys will enjoy the plenty of great content that we have coming your way at True North. Uh, lots of new podcasts, lots of new shows. They're going to continue doing Fake News Friday. It'll be hosted by Harrison and Andrew Lawton. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to enjoying that um, as, as well as you. And uh, don't, don't forget to check out Harrison's new show called Ratioed. It's every Thursday here at True North. Um, God bless you all. Happy Canada Day. And we will see you again soon. It's Fake News Friday. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show.